Logocentrifugal podcast. I'm Chance Lunsford. I'm also Logocentrifugal. I'll let you think about that one for a second. While you're sorting through your confusion, let me introduce today's special guest. I have with me, my pal, Dylan Madden. Now, this is a gentleman I ran into on Twitter. Um, I'm not sure how, probably, probably through probably through Joe Hart or something like this, but um, he's a guy who's done some surprisingly interesting things, um, especially for being a younger man. He's really decided that uh, all the limitations and all the imaginary obstacles that so many people place in front of themselves in life are not going to be a part of his life. And what he's done in the time since he decided to do that was to um, begin to see the world and to make connections and to um, step out from the shadows where he was already sort of working to connect people behind the scenes and to to share his own message with the world. And I, I've supported that since um, since I met the man and he's continuing to develop a lot of cool and interesting projects and he shares a lot of his life and it's fun to see him growing and developing as he um, decides that he's going to make his life what he will. So with that, Rather a brief introduction. Welcome to the Logos and Trivial Podcast. Thanks for being here. And why don't you why don't you fill in any of the blanks I left about who you are and what you do, my friend? Awesome. Well, first off, I appreciate you taking the time to do this podcast. I've listened to quite a few of them. It's awesome. So actually being on it's awesome. And uh, I was basically that guy or kid growing up. Like I never felt like I fit anywhere, and even just like small things like conversations. And all that type of stuff. Like I felt, oh, for lack of better words, I know this isn't politically correct. I, I basically felt retarded. I was like, there's all these people out there that are just normal. And then I'm just sitting here in my head. So that was kind of like what motivated me to start finding personal development, studying spiritual stuff, all that stuff. And it started really when I was 12, when I started really get, digging deep into, I don't like the book anymore, but The Secret, that was like my first introduction then I started reading, uh, almost said, Think and Go Hustle, Think and Grow Rich. <laughs> I started reading like all these different books and just consuming, consuming, consuming. And I was always interested in business of some sort, like having control over my reality. And what really signed the deal for me was when my dad, he was like, I watched him. So I moved in with my dad and I was like eight years old. But I watched my dad spend so much of his time away from the family, helping build this company up that wasn't his, but he was like the vice president of it. And literally sometimes he would spend like a year away from the family and he was just traveling, traveling, traveling. As soon as he would get home, he would eat dinner and then he was back to work. And I've definitely gotten some of that work ethic from him, but I saw him, I think I was like sophomore or maybe junior in high school, he got bought out. He had already, my dad got offered a deal. I'm sure you know about Boeing. They wanted him to come and take over this huge facility here in Charleston. But out of loyalty, he decided to stay with the company. Plus, he was going to be retiring like four to five years. So he was like, oh, I'll just sit it out. This company has been great to me. And to make a long story short, the company got bought out. His best friend cashed out like tens and tens and tens of millions of dollars. And they cut all the top people that were about to hit. Like if you stayed in the company for X amount of years, you'd get an extra bonus. He lost that bonus and basically had to start over from square one. Luckily, his skill set, he was able to find a, a job probably within like a month or so, making the same pay. But just the idea that I could give all of my energy to this company that I had no control over, and then they just cut me. That like that scared me. So I was like, fuck, okay, I need to find something that I, I can actually create. And so I found multi-level marketing. And I did that for, I think, like 
a year or two, and I was like, huh, it seems like they're just selling a dream to these people about being your own boss, but I see what these guys do behind the scenes. This doesn't seem like what a boss would do. And so to make a long story short, I got out of multi-level marketing and the co- I still use their service, but the, the business model, I, I don't like, but I was also that like 17 year old, 18 year old kid that I was, uh, 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 a memory just came to me. I was a bagger at a grocery store, food lion, and I was out pushing buggies and I actually pitched somebody on the idea of making money for multi-level marketing. Thinking back to that, I, I got but anyways, it, it, <laughs> it, my shell, it forced me to get out of my shell. It forced me to like build a, like hold meetings with people that were like five, 10, 20 years older than me. And it, it kind of helped me learn how to paint the vision more properly and communicate myself. Cause that was something I'd always had trouble communicating my, my like thoughts, my ideas, the level marketing definitely got me to where I could do that. And then I got out of that. I was like, this isn't going to work. I don't like this. So I, I found another company, which ended up being a multi-level marketing company. I got out because I didn't like that. And then I, I started doing all these little side hustles like eBay. I started a computer repair business. I was trying all these different things. Nothing really stuck. Like with the computer repair business, I learned that you can't be taking on all this inventory without insurance, licensing, all that stuff. So my stepmom literally ripped up thousands of dollars worth of checks in front of me because she's a paralegal by trade. So she she freaked out and she found out that I didn't have any of this stuff. She was like, what are you doing, Dylan? Just tore the, the, the checks up. I was like, okay, this isn't going to work. Got to find something else. And then I think it was around 20 years old because I'm 25 now. And I, I've been online for like five years. I found a blog called Bold and Determined by Victor Pride. While I was, and I was a manager by this point, making $9 an hour. <laughs> and I was miserable because I basically had two got two mechanics that worked for me. They hated me because I was like way younger than them, but I was in charge of them. And so I would spend my time arguing with them, checking inventory, and then mindlessly just scrolling on the internet. And I typed in, I think it was top 100 blogs on making money online or something like that. And out of like 100 blogs that showed up, Bold Determined caught my eye. So I checked him out and read an article on how to make money online. And I was like, Okay, that's interesting. Cool. Forgot about it. A few months went by and that blog popped up in my reality again. So I was like, huh, let me read this. And I read literally every article from, I think he started in like 2013 or 10, 2010 up to that point. And my mind was like, Pff. I was like, so I can write articles and make money. So November, so this is, I graduated 2013 and oh, I left this, this out as well. I went to one year of college right after high school. I was like, I graduated 2013. And I was like, okay, I'm going to learn small business, entrepreneurship, and marketing. So I was learning it from a, a professor and re- loved the class. Like, I was like, this, this is it. Now I'm going to get a sense of direction. Let me ask this guy the type of businesses he's ran. He had never ran a single business in his life, but yet I was learning marketing. And I literally got up from that the table. I never went back to college again, which... That I was depressed for like probably a good six months, literally start smoking weed. I would have sex with my girlfriend, pick up my brother. That was literally my day in, day out reality. And then I was just laying there looking up at the fan. I was like, all this personal development I've been doing, and I'm just sitting here depressed, smoking weed and having sex. And then I, I broke up with that girl and got with another girl. So it was like just this constant. For, it was only like a six month period, but that six months I was like, okay, so I've got a red binder out. 
wrote down exactly the type of goals that I wanted. And then fast forward to finding Bold and Determined. And then I started my own blog in 2014, which at the time was Way of the Olympian. And I wrote underneath an alias until Cernovich called me out. He's like, aren't you that Dylan kid? And I was like, yes. So I switched back to writing under my name. And uh, to make a long story short, starting that blog was like really the catalyst that shot me to where I am now because it forced me for the first time to be accountable to somebody because I would write articles and then I started getting comments. I would get emails and people saw me in a certain light in a way that I didn't see myself at that time because I had a extreme self-doubt, like all, all that stuff. But like I was, I started changing people's lives just by writing stuff. And that really flipped a switch in my mind. And let's see, fast forward to 2016, I reached another point where I was making money online or some, some money online via affiliate marketing. I had a few other websites that I was doing, but I was still missing something. And I was working at a car dealership because I, I quit my management job making $9 an hour. Now I was a porter at a car dealership making $10 an hour. And I hated it. I hated every second. But that time there allowed me to read Bold and Determined, listen to Mike Cernovich's podcast and all these other things, just figuring out what I wanted to do. And so by this point, I had a girlfriend that I, I did care deeply about, but I, I felt like I was living two different lives. Like she wanted me and her to build a life here in Charleston. I wanted to travel to Asia. I wanted to travel to Europe. I wanted to make my own money, doing my own thing, but she didn't really see that vision. So I was like, actually in this very room, almost in this exact position, because I used to have a bed right here. This is my office now. But uh, I was like, Chelsea, I, that you, I care about you, but I just can't see us fitting into this vision that I, I'm building. If you're still around, I would love for us to get back together. But right now, we're, it's like I'm two different people and I can't live like this anymore. So we broke up and like two weeks later, quit my job, didn't have any plan outside of I'm going to drive for Uber because I drove for Uber one time, made like 75 bucks in less than, I think it was like an hour or two. So I was like, okay, that's way more than I'm making now. I'm going to keep doing that. And Uber, of course, right after I did that in Charleston became way too oversaturated and I wasn't able to make nearly that amount of money. And it was just, it was stupid. So I started, I found this way that I could start picking up trash at uh, Publix, an apartment complex, and then a Walmart. And it was like a subcontracting job. And I was able to make 480 a week doing that which is more money in a week than I'd ever made by this point. I think I was like, yeah, I was 20 years old by this point. That was more money than I'd ever made. And around that time, this is a common theme in my reality. Whenever I make a decision that seems either stupid or ballsy, it's you're either crazy or you're ballsy. It's usually both. Everything falls into place. So I quit my job 2016, broke up with my girlfriend. A month later, Victor Pride and I got in contact, which we'd been emailing, but we got in contact about, potentially working together and him and I started doing work together. So I was literally, let's see, I quit my job in April and I left around November to move out to Los Angeles. So between April and November and a lot of my, a lot of changes in my life happened between around November I've noticed, but uh, him and I, I would literally go in at 3am and clean up parking lots, the apartment complex, all that stuff until probably around 7am. And I would then spend the rest of my time working for Victor. And I got, it got to the point where I would sleep one hours or one hour, two hours, three hours, four hours a night. But I was just so obsessive about I've got to do, I've got to, 
I've got to change something. I don't know what it is. I've got to change something. And one morning, I'd gotten home from picking up trash. was laying right here. <laughs> and I got a text from Victor Pride. And he was, in my mind, I, I read the message asked because I was tired and sleep deprived. I, I swore he said, are you still interested in moving out to Los Angeles? To which I responded, yes. And then I got another text message. He was like, awesome. See you soon. I was like, see you soon. What? And I scrolled up and read the message. He was like, if you're serious about coming out to Los Angeles, aren't you on the next flight out of Charleston? And I was like, oh my God. And I went into the bathroom, was looking in the mirror and I had this like, you know, that nervous energy you feel in your stomach where you know that you're either fucking up. And can I cuss by the way? Oh yeah. Okay. You're either fucking up or this is about to be the best decision you've ever made. And I went upstairs and talked with my brother. I was like, bro, I, I don't know what's about to happen, but I've got to get a shower. We've got to pat my bags. Here's my debit card. Buy the next plane ticket out of Charleston. And he was like, Dylan, it's $800. And I was like, oh my God. I think I had like two grand at this point, which is once again, more money than I'd ever had. I was like, book it. I'll figure it out later. So he booked the flight. Literally one to two hours later, I was at the Charleston airport getting on an airplane. The first, I think this is the second time I've been on an airplane in my life, flying to Seattle, Washington for a nine hour layover to then arrive in Los Angeles. Landed in, at like nine or 10 a.m. the next morning. Victor Pride, or I got an Uber to Victor Pride's like Airbnb that he was renting and got out of the Airbnb or got out of the Uber. And I heard Dylan fucking Madden. And I turned around, it was Victor Pride right there in the flesh. <laughs> and as we were going up the elevator, I was like, I'll be honest, Victor, I'm a little starstruck right now because like you've done so much in my or changed my life so much. But I'm literally right before you, he was like, Yeah, you're gonna have to get the fuck over that or leave. We got a lot of work to do. I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> And for the remainder of that time, I, I learned so much from him, from the supplement company aspect, publishing to blogging, and to make a long story short, came back to Charleston, I think in January, like $142 to my name, because he wanted me to come to Asia and do some more work for him. But once again, I was like, man, this I've learned so much from him. And I'm he's an awesome guy. We still do business together, but I still... For me, I was like, there's still something missing. So I came back to Charleston and I just bought a, a new domain for my blog that I tried to cancel because I couldn't afford it <laughs> for like $280. So I was like, it, which was common, collected my current domain name. And so I got a credit card, bought the domain. And I told my, I, I was sitting at the airport in Phoenix and I was so angry. And I talk about this in my book, Thinking Go Hustle. I was sitting there so angry. Here I am, this guy full of potential and ideas and all this other stuff. But yet I literally have $142 in my bank account. I'm at an airport and having to like contemplate what my next move is. And so I sat down with a piece of paper, well, it was a notebook, but on the piece of paper, I was like, how can I make the most money now? So I listed out like Craigslist flipping, all this other stuff. The only idea I could take action on immediately was Craigslist because I had done that before. And I, I had a, a general idea of the system I could implement. And so as soon as I landed back in Charleston, I told my friend, Austin, rest in peace. We're not really that close anymore. He took a, a, another path in life. But uh, I told him, I was like, okay, bro, I, we, I know your dad has a truck. We need to borrow his truck. I'm going to split everything with you 50-50. I need your help. Here's what we're going to do. And we started flipping things on Craigslist. And for honestly, bro, like up until this year, or it was like the middle of last year, it was like a constant hustle. And then I finally started figuring out, okay, this is what I do. 
yada, yada, yada. And fast forward to now, I'm actually in a point where I can breathe financially, mentally, relationships, all that type of stuff. So to sum all of that up, I was fed by like self-doubt and all this other stuff and wanting to really just feel normal. And you have to do a lot of Uh-oh. Are we going to uh we're going to make it back here? Seem to have lost the man. Hey yo, Dylan. Hey yo, Dylan. I suppose the government doesn't want you to know Dylan's life story and his current set of circumstances. Oh dear. Oh dear, 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 dear. What just happened? <laughs> okay, we're back. You have to trust yourself enough to where you know that no matter what happens, it's you're going to figure it out. And that sums up my entire mindset and what we talked about like off camera, my next upcoming moves I'm not going to talk about right now. I'll be honest, this, it kind of scares me a little bit because I'm going to have to stretch once again. But every time I stretch, I grow, I evolve, and I go into the next level. So anybody that's listening, there's something that you know that you're supposed to be doing right now, but you're, you're kind of hesitant. You're not really sure. It's going to rock the boat. If you're serious and if you're as great as you think you are, do it. <laughs> you know, man, that's a, that's a message I can definitely identify with. In fact, in... Uh, in a recent email to my list, I, I talked about something very similar where I was, I was talking about how you understand that you're being tapped on the shoulder by your destiny, you know, and it's, most people think it's nervousness. I mean, you could call it that, but that electricity that's running through your body, that's a signal to you. It's like, this is a momentous event in your life. And what you do right now, what you do with this feeling, what you do with that thing that you're thinking about, you're going to go this way, you're going to go this way, and it's going to have ramifications for the rest of your life. So you can either like succumb to the self-doubt and the crushing weight of uncertainty and, and you know, look outwards and accept the judgments and the, and, the, and the other, you know, stuff that comes from other people that tries to put you in a place where they're comfortable you just being the same old you you always were, or you can step to the fore and you can claim your right to write your own destiny. You can learn to speak the language of your divine purpose and you can get out there and make it happen. And so many times in so many people's lives, they get that feeling, that nervousness, and they hunch their shoulders and they kind of curl up into a ball and they let the fear overtake them. And then they rationalize that by saying, well, you know, it probably never would have happened. And if I'd done this, really bad things could have happened. I could have lost some money. I could have lost a relationship. And then they spend the rest of their life trying to hide from that uh, knowledge that they let that chance in their lives go by. And for me, the, the experience I related was I was at a seminar and it was a relationship seminar called Royalty and Romance. And my wife and I went and it was, it's one of those things that's very challenging. It causes you to, causes you to learn more about yourself and the other person and to do these exercises that place you in positions where you're not in your comfort zone and you have to deal with that. But one of the things was, um, I was called on stage along with another couple, my wife and I and another couple, and I went second, but the deal was that the man was supposed to hold a sword 
like a physical metal sword and give a speech in front of this like 600 plus people audience. Oh man. <laughs> and I went, I went second and the guy was, and you're supposed to start the speech with, I am a king. And the guy, I'm a king. Well, well, hold up, hold up. The guy, the, you know, the, the guy putting on the seminar, Kirk Duncan is like, you, you don't understand. You have to mean it. I am a king. No, no, hold on, hold on. Like that was a little better, but let's really like, you know, unleash the flood here. And he finally yeah. got close. He got close. Like it wasn't quite like, yeah, but you could tell he really made some steps. And, and as he was giving his speech, I was standing next to the guy putting on the seminar and he's, he's watching and he just out of the corner of his mouth, he says, you ready? You know what to do? I was like, yeah. He's like, you sure? I was like, yeah. <laughs> and when I went out there, man, I took the sword and I had that feeling and I just like, I was a little bit like shaky energy, but as soon as I had that sword, I just like everything kind of clarified and I went and I knelt at the front of the stage. I put the sword point down and I knelt and I said a prayer. I mean, initially my impulse was I'm going to do this for effect. But when I was there, I really, I just like opened myself up, talked to God for a minute. He talked back and then I was ready to go. And I just gave the speech. And by the end of it, I had the audience on their feet, just like cheering and, and you know, and around and, yeah, man, it, it, me too. And then my you know, and then wife and I, and I held her and then my, and then the guy like had tears in his eyes. Like I've never seen anybody come up here and do that. That was cool. And so there's one of those things where it's like, I, I have this facility to do this. And why is that? Well, there's a lot of reasons, but the reality is that I had this feeling and I, and I could have wienered out and I could have like been uncertain, but I saw this guy go before me and I thought to myself, what's going to be better? Just jumping right in and going for it or having my speech shut down five times while I get yelled at about how to do this better. So I chose in, I chose in my friends and, uh, when Dylan comes back, there he is. So we're back. Okay. But the point is, if you claim your destiny, great things happen. And the ramifications of that event are still bearing fruit to this day because it sets you on a course and then you see new things. And if you continue to, so the, the final point, I suppose, before I kick it back to you is just that, like you talked about that nervous energy, that feeling of um, uncertainty or doubt combined with that hope or that vision that you like it screams out to you and it makes you afraid to even think you could accomplish it. You have to try. That's, yeah. that's your, that's like, that's your divine purpose or your destiny calling to you to claim it, but it doesn't come for free. And so I wonder, man, like, you know, you had these series of steps, you had these series of realizations and you're still a young man. I mean, I'm a young man, but you're almost 10 years younger than I am. And now you're on this course where you're already doing things that sometimes people wait their whole life to do. And then they don't even end up doing it. Um, and I wonder now that you understand how to speak that language and how to recognize those moments where if you step to the plate, you know, you can really change the course of your entire life and a lot of other people, as you talked about, what is, what are some of the hopes that you have as far as your ability to impact other people's lives and how do you see, um, what kind of channels do you see yourself being able to do that through? So with me, my overarching desire, the whole personal branding thing is to be an inspiration of sorts to show like, that's why I document like everything that I do and put pictures up of my old self. Like I want to, I want people to see that like I was like 250 ish pounds like a few years ago. And now I'm 178. I still have to get more fit. 
But like, if you're away, if you're full of doubt, if you don't really know where you're, where to go in life, you don't have a purpose. If you're broke, like I'm bring the whole story behind Dylan Madden because we can get some like into some spiritual stuff later. But the whole thing behind around Dylan Madden is showing you no matter where you're at in life that you can get to wherever you see me at that point in time. So that's kind of like my motivation, my intention behind everything I do is I'm still figuring life out. I'm still figuring out what to do. But no matter where you're at in your life, you can see where I'm at. And if you're inspired in any shape or form, that's what I do it for. Like, I want you to see if you're overweight, you can get in shape. If you're broke, you can make money. And so I try to clearly lay that out. And I'm getting better at the marketing side because for the longest time, I was like, all I've got to do is say stuff and put my stuff out there and it'll people will find it. But I, I literally had a guy that's been a, a reader of mine since the beginning, and he didn't know I had a book. And this was like last year. And he sent me this email basically cussing me out because the book, <laughs> he said the book helped him so much, but he didn't know that I had it. Why don't you talk about this? And for me, and I, I'm getting over this now, like I can sell outside of my personal brand, but the personal brand thing to me, I guess I hold it a little too high. So I try not to sell too much, but I'm learning that's not the best thing to do. You've got to sell yourself, even if it's not not just a product or not just to make money, but really sell yourself in general. Like I still feel weird when people talk, and this might be something I need to overcome, but like when people compliment me, I still feel weird getting compliments to this day. Or, wow, Dylan, you've did this and this and this. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, I, I did. Uh, so I, that's something I'm getting better at, and I'm trying to learn the marketing aspect. But I guess for lack of better words, I try to be an inspiration. I try to show you that no matter how lost you are, that there will be a light will come <laughs> if you just believe, if you just keep taking action. And I don't talk about this publicly too much, but a lot of my strength comes from one family, but also I, I do believe in God and I'm not, I, I don't, I don't have any set religion or anything. I'm not one of those, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. I'm not that type of person. <laughs> I do believe in God. And that that's where a lot of my strength comes from because I know that I feel guided. And we, we've talked privately about this, but I feel everything that I do, it, it's almost like I'm just being guided, like I'm a puppet almost, just being guided to the next next thing, the next thing, the next thing. And then I wake up and I'm like, oh, I'm in Los Angeles now. Or, oh, I'm in the place we talked about earlier. So that's where a lot of my strength comes from. And I, I don't think that people, I don't think you have to have a belief in God. I don't push, push that down people's throat. I just know in my own life that my belief in God has gotten me through some really dark times. Like I've been suicidal in the past. I've been this, I've been that. And having that belief in a higher power has gotten me through that because you know that, okay, if the circumstances around me aren't the only thing. There's nothing outside of the circumstances. There's a higher power. And so I will say my predominant beliefs definitely are lean more to the Christian side because that's where I was I was brought up as. But I've dabbled literally in everything, Islam, Hinduism, Buddha, everything. So I've got like a wide array of understanding, which is why I'm able to connect with people so well. But I definitely believe more in a, a heavenly father, for lack of better words. And that's what gives me a lot of my strength. And then seeing the people in my actual life which is why I don't take Twitter too seriously. My family, my friends, seeing them feel inspired by the stuff that I do online, that moves me and me being able to actually impact people in a positive way, both online and offline. So you don't have to be online for sure, but 
online for me has been like a force multiplier. Like what I want to accomplish in the physical world, I can multiply that and get even more attention for it via the internet. So that's kind of what I'm learning as I go down this path. <laughs> you know, man, I, I sure identify with a lot of what you just said. And to be honest, you know, I, I was raised um, inside the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, better known as the Mormon Church. And, you know, I walked away from that church when I was 16 and I had a lot of issues and conflicts and I became very embittered for quite some time. And um, then maybe in my mid-20s, right about your age, I decided, you know what? I've had like I've had this on again, off again relationship with my faith in God, and with and in Jesus in general and all this stuff. I'm I'm just going to really decide what I want to know. Well, like what what do I believe? So I went and I read every religious text I could get my hands on: the Quran, the Tao Te Ching, the Bhagavad Gita, the Book of Mormon, the Bible, all the commentaries on all these things that I could find. And I spent about a year just audiobooks, reading, pondering, writing. And, and when I came out of it, you know, the only thing I was really certain is I believe that there's a God out there. And yeah. I, you know, I would describe myself as a deist more than I would any member of a particular religion because I believe that there's a God out there and I believe there's a lot of paths to get to that person. Um, but it's, it's interesting as I've started this podcast and I've talked to people, one of the things that's pretty consistent among successful people in, in almost every walk of life is they have some sort of faith in something more than them. And usually it's a God figure, but it's always something outside of themselves that is m more than them, more important than them, better than them. Something like this, that is like a North star that guides them and continues to, no matter how good or excellent or successful you are, there needs to be something more than you are out there. Otherwise, you know, you, you stop looking up and you begin to look down if you think you're on the top of the mountain, you know what I mean? And yeah, I can't remember the last podcast I've had. It's it's God continues to come up and I'm happy to be a servant in that regard, to be honest, because I'm, I'm having this, like a, this really like a unity or alignment with my, with my faith in a way I haven't in a long time. And um, it's cool that, you know, it just kind of popped out of you too right there. But I wonder, I was actually talking about, this was Zuby in a conversation I just had with him on the podcast. And, you know, I asked him, do you think that a society without some sort of foundation in, in God, or at least some sort of benevolent guiding force out there can survive? And he said, well, initially everything would be fine. I think, you know, like it's already kind of wackadoo and it wouldn't, but it wouldn't just like collapse all of a sudden. But if you don't have any sort of foundation to build on that solid, that is like, this is the truth. This is the reality. This is the way things are. We need to start here and then build on top of it. Then how are you supposed to ever build like a, you know, some sort of massive societal structure on, well, there's no truth and there's, and everything is just a power play and everything is just, you know, perspective. Well, like a skyscraper is not perspective. It's a big building full of engineering based upon reality and the rules that govern it. And if you didn't follow those rules, the skyscraper wouldn't exist. And, and that's the kind of thing like, you know, I don't want to push it on people either. I, but my thing is I encourage people to develop their own religion, their own yeah. personal sacred practice, because you'll learn a lot of things in your life. And maybe you're a Catholic, maybe you're a Buddhist, maybe you're a, a Muslim, maybe you're a Hindu, but 
there are going to be things that come into your life in addition to the foundation that you have that you can add in and make it something that's very special to you. And I believe that we all have access to that voice or that, you know, and so I wonder, man, like to kick it back to you, how do you see, um, like, how do you see your ability to communicate with God? Let's say, like, do you, do you think you have direct access that like, is that feeling that you get in your stomach, God speaking to you or, or how do you, how do you view that relationship and, and the ability to communicate or, or have access to whatever that guiding force is? Oh, I, I definitely have a personal relationship with God. Like I, I talk to him throughout the day. I, I get ur- like an urge to like do make a decision and I do it and then it works out. And I've had that happen so many times that at this point it's just like, and I, I don't like to put the best friend label on God, but it's almost like I've got a friend or a counselor or something like that. Like I'll, if there's something, for example, the other day I was driving a boat and the current was ridiculous, but I had to park it just right or else I would destroy this other person's boat, which was a really rich. He's a friend of mine, but he's like really rich. It's a really nice boat. I wouldn't want to damage it because the boat has to be over a million dollars. And uh, the current was terrible. I was about to hit it. And this, this like urge told me, turn the boat off and turn the steering wheel. So without hesitating, turn it off, did that. And the tide put me right, literally like this far from hitting it. And then put me perfectly in the slip that I was trying to park the boat that I was renting. And so I've had little things like that happen. For example, when I was growing up, I think I was like 11 or 12. I was, it was in the middle of a hurricane. Don't ask why I was driving my motorized scooter in the middle of a hurricane. <laughs> but I, I was driving it from my friend's house and this literally, it just, the, the thing shut off. And I was like, what the heck? Bent down to flip the switch back on. And as I did that, this giant branch fell right in front of me like all within a split second. I've had things like that happen so many times. And no matter how far I've gone away from having a relationship with God, I still have been guided. And I always come back to it, like always come back because there's, I'm a very lot. I'm a very creative and a very logical person. Once if I see, okay, one plus one equals two. And I keep seeing that I can't argue and say, no, one plus one is three. you see the, the formula too many times, the pattern too many times. And so I, the formula has always come back to, I've got a personal relationship with God. I'm being guided by God. And like, bro, I've even went into Satanism. I, I've went in, when I say I've dabbled in everything, I've dabbled in everything. And I always find some type of flaw. And then I come back to God every single time. And so and I think maybe the purpose of that, about me going through all those different faiths and philosophies and beliefs is, one, to show myself that I don't have to have all this, this fancy, these fancy ideologies and all that. It comes down to just your personal relationship with God, the impact that you have on the world. That's really all it is. But going back to what you were saying earlier, I think that if you don't, and I tweeted about this earlier, but if you don't have a moral code, a philosophy, or even just a religion, like I've, I lived so many years of my life grabbing this, 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 and it causes such a sense of confusion that you're like, well, what's reality? Oh, well, it's all just perspective. And this person's perspective of this, like, for example, my wall over there is green. I see it as green, but then somebody else comes in and says, no, that's actually red. But I, so I just have to accept that that person's perception, my wall being red makes it red. That That's not reality. <laughs> and 
I, I, we live in a physical world that requires physical like effort. And you and I have already, we've talked about this. You tweet about this. I tweet about this. So if we live in a physical world, there has to be some kind of like construct or concepts that actually the rules of reality. And if you want to make money, if you want to have successful relationships, you have to follow certain rules or dynamics. That's just how reality is. And I think so much of the, and I don't usually do this, but I watched this video the other day. I think it was on Vice News, Vice something. And they put together this panel of transgender people, binary people, non-binary people, cis, you name it, it was in there. And I was just looking at all these people, and they were some, like, there was one person, it was a transgender person. She was the only, her and then this gay guy, they were the two people that had, they understood how reality actually is. They identified as this, but reality is this. There's two genders, there's this. There, everybody else that was full of confusion, they literally thought there was like 97 different genders. Gender is a, 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 const, a construct of whatever, whatever. I was just like, you're the, they were literally, you could tell by their skin, their eyes, full of hate. But the two people that had, okay, this is how reality is. I identify as this. Like, this guy was gay. This this guy identified as a woman, got surgery. But they were the most sane people out of the entire panel. Everybody else was, oh, yeah, you want to be, you want to identify as a Kiwi, Lama, Apache, whatever. Oh, that's okay. That that exists. No, there's female, male and female. That, that's how reality is. And then that goes back to religion and having some type of belief. If you don't have a belief in something higher than yourself, and this is something that I I have a problem with for the longest time, I literally, I saw myself as my own God. And you could argue and say that that is how reality is. But whenever you believe you come from a a point of view that you are literally a God, and you can correct me like with your perception, I'm open to talking about this. But if you literally think that you're a God, you create, and I do believe you create your own reality, but that you can literally determine the rules of reality, even though they, you could see that it doesn't work, you become delusional. And once you become delusional, I I think that you you just, you you mess up reality. I, I think that we are created in the image of God. I do believe that we create our reality, but there is something higher than us. There is a creator of some sort. I don't think that we literally create every aspect of reality that we birthed ourselves. We did this, we did that. Because if you go through all the different philosophies and the religions that tend to lean more towards the Luciferian, satanic type of stuff, the common theme, you are your own God. You don't need God. You're your own God. And then there's the, the people that believe in a higher power. They, and this, this just might be my, social, my bias, but they seem to, the people that believe in God seem to have more discipline. They seem to have an overall better life and more balanced life. And the people that literally are their own God, they're the, the new agey type of people that have like crystals and they believe everybody is equal and all this other stuff. And I, I, my perception of reality, that that wall is red, even though it's literally green, that's okay. I, I think that's very naive and that creates a society where you have a panel of like nine different people that are some of the most hateful, lost and confused people ever. And then the two people aren't lost and that aren't hateful and they're logical, they have some type of firm belief based in reality. So if you want to have a successful life and this transcends making money, this transcends mindset and all of that, I know that's what I talk about a lot, but you have to have some type of firm belief in something because 
you can call that purpose, you can call it whatever, but it wasn't until I kind of like found my purpose and I started, okay, yes, there are a thousand different philosophies, a thousand different religions, a thousand different beliefs, but here are my beliefs and I clearly defined those that I start, I actually found a sense of peace within myself and then my life became tremendously better. I started making connections, networking with people. I mean, you see the stuff that I put out on Twitter. I, that's when all that stuff started happening for me. It was whenever I stopped being like, yeah, we, we can believe whatever we want to believe. There's a thousand different uh, religions, a thousand different beliefs. that are, They're completely true. It's based off your perception. And just find your own. It does. I don't care what it is, but just find some type of moral code, some type of belief in something higher than yourself, whether it's a God figure, a purpose, what, whatever. Like another goal that I have is I'm going to retire my mom. That's a higher purpose of mine. I also have a belief in a higher power. That's something else that I aspire to like go towards and live up to that certain standard. And by doing that, you hold yourself accountable. And on top of that, you literally tap into unlimited motivation, energy, and all that stuff. Like even in my lowest lows that I still have from time to time, like maybe things aren't working out the way I want them to work out. Having my like my mom that I'm going to retire, or having my belief in God, that pulls me out of it. So I can't even imagine, and I'm not bashing anybody that's an atheist, but because I'm sure they have like maybe it's their family, maybe it's some other goal. But see, they have a common thing that they believe in that's bigger than them. Somebody that would be atheist and have literally reality is just this dark world. They don't really have any goals. Like I, I can't even imagine living like that. That sounds terrible. <laughs> Yeah, man, you know, <clears throat> one of the things that I've encouraged people to engage in time and time again since like in my personal life, but then since I joined social media a little more than a year ago is is developing your principles. I mean, what do you believe is true right now? What do you believe is true? Write them down. Make it, a, make it one sentence per principle. You know, like I believe this, I believe this, I believe this, and then turn those into affirmative statements, you know, so like I, I have these dec declarations on my wall and I say them, I'm, I am a force for good. I, you know, I'm a warrior of light and a force for good. I'm a warrior king of light and a force for good. I have these things that I say and I've been saying them for a long time and they manifest themselves into your life because you, you stay in the mindset where I'm a warrior of light. I'm out here trying to do the things that I believe are going to bring about the light into the world. But the whole thing is your principles are yours. Uh, you know, I am one of those people who says, do what you're going to do, decide what your life is going to be, but then make it a reality. But here's the thing, set those principles in because you, you, there is sort of like a infinite possibility of mental experience, at least not physical reality, but mental experience. But then you, you pick, you say, well, when I have access to everything, I really have access to nothing because I'm not choosing anything. So, okay, I'm going to put these rules down. Here are my principles. Here are my rules. This is the way I'm going to live. I'm chance. I live this way. And it, it you know, it fences in infinite potential into a limited array of potential. And then that's like a road for you to walk down along the way. Maybe you, you should be open to the idea that you don't have all the answers because you don't and you won't ever. But you have to decide to do something and continue to move. So you have your principles, you begin to move and then you see, Oh, like here's a signpost. Here's a signpost. Here's a destination. I'm going to take a little break right here and enjoy this new paradigm that I've reached where I have access to these people and these activities and this money and this, you know, because maybe I didn't understand before 
what I understand now and I need to take some time to see what's out there. Okay, now I've picked this road. These are my rules. I refine them a little bit because I know more now. And you continue to walk the path. And what you eventually begin to see is that those rules and, and that road, all those ro- roads of success lead to the same place, which is there's reality. There are rules that govern it. And part of reality seeks to create and part of reality seeks to destroy. And you should be very thoughtful about what your actions are aligning with. Because if you walk down the road of destruction, you'll not only destroy yourself, but you'll destroy everything that you touch, everything that you love, everything that you believe in until you're just in the pit of despair, wallowing with the rest of the fools in there. Or you can climb the infinite ladder. You know, like I believe that I've gotten into this a bunch on the podcast, so I'll just keep it brief. But yeah, I, I think people are gods, literally gods, but that we are limited in our understanding for a reason. And that's, yeah. to, that's to make that choice. Like, are you, are you going to destroy yourself and everything around you? Or are you going to create and grow yourself and everything around you? It's your choice. You want to be, you know, like you want to be an angel, or you want to be a demon. You, you want to be um, a creative god or do you want to be a destructive god? It's up to you. And there are rules. There are rules to reality. There, there are rules even for the grand creator. Maybe he made the rules. Maybe he was just playing by them and he's the master of those rules. Like maybe he's the chess master or whatever, but maybe, <laughs> you know, like whatever the case may be, there are, there are rules and there's no getting around it because like, tell you what, you go make a nuclear power plant and make up the rules. Okay. And then I'll go make a nuclear power plant and I'll follow the rules of physics and we'll see who gets there first deal. <laughs> you know, yeah. like there's, you can't, you can't have it both ways. And that's one of the things that I find often for people who um, want to rationalize or accept that there are just an infinite array of rules and it's all perspective is the reason that they feel that way is because they are very unhappy with the results that they have given the actual rules of reality because it's hard. And it's a struggle and it doesn't seem fair. And there's all these things, all these obstacles, and they just want their life to be a smooth, easy coast into, you know, vast riches and comfort. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's not how it works. Those aren't the rules. You know, <laughs> like it's just, yeah. it's just not how it works, man. You know, so, so what you have to do is instead of trying to break the rules or rewrite them into something that doesn't actually exist, you have to just become stronger. You have to become more disciplined. You have to take responsibility for your life and the consequences of your actions. And then as soon as you do that, then you can begin to actually build the life that you have up here. But it doesn't, it's like you talked about the secret. So many people out there, like the woo woo type folks, they're just like, yeah, all you have to do is think about it. It's like, no, no, you, you missed one half of the equation. You have to think and you have to act. You have to hold the faith in your mind and then you have to take the steps to make it a reality. You don't just like, there was this thing in Utah. People are really big into the secret in Utah because, uh, you know, the Mormon religion has a lot of aspects of, of like really attraction, manifestation kind of stuff, big time. Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. <laughs> and <laughs> there, was, there was this thing that happened where people wanted boats, whatever, for whatever reason. A bunch of people in my <laughs> realm, they wanted to manifest boats. And the joke was between me and a couple of my friends, like... <laughs> You can't just sit in your apartment and work part-time and think about a boat and have a boat show up in your driveway, dude. You don't even have a driveway. 
You know, you know, like you have to go out and work and get a boat. Yeah. You want a boat, then you do what it takes to get it and you will have yeah. it as long as you take the steps. And that's the thing. Like, look, man, you can, you can speak to this as well as anybody because you've, and, and just like me, that's why I identify with you. You've been in the pit. You've been in that state of sadness. You, you felt those suicidal feelings. You felt the feelings of worthlessness and doubt that are just overwhelming. And they literally fill you up to the point where you swell physically with just this soft, mushy sadness. Yeah. And then you didn't do that. And the way that you became something other than that was, okay, I'm going to believe in myself and I'm going to believe in this guiding power that I have. And then I'm going to go act as though I have the ability to be the person I'm trying to be. And then you've made so many steps towards being that perfected vision of yourself that now that like we, I talked about that sense of unlimited opportunity. Yeah. That's really closer to how you are now. It's like, I know the rules and how to play them. So now I can do anything I want, but I only want these certain things because I have rules that I live by. And now I can go live by them and maximize what I want to do in the world. And that's what I, that's one of the main things I really want people to take from everything I'm trying to do. It's like live by your rules, get really good at living by them, make connections with people who you can work together with on just sometimes even one particular issue. You don't have to agree with somebody on everything, but work with them on the things you can make those connections, help other people make those connections and be of service. And you'll never want for money. You'll never want for friends. You'll never want for the things in life that are truly meaningful because you will be a facilitator of those things for yourself and for other people. And people want those kind of people in their lives. And I wonder, man, just to kick this back to you after rambling on for 20 minutes, how do you, how do you suppose people might best learn to understand maybe that power of connection and the power of um, being the person that can help other people connect to other people, being the middleman or being that node in the network? Because that's something I found a lot of use in my short time here on the internet. You know, I've gathered a lot of people and then I've connected a lot of other people. And I, yeah, and I blown my mind with that. Network. <laughs> and well, you're doing the same thing, man. I mean, and I wonder, like, what would you, what would you? How would you suggest people maybe begin to see the power of a network and then to advance their own ability to, to both take part in and to shape networks? Well, first, I mean, they could just take a look at stuff that you and I are doing and then other people that are networked and all that stuff and they can see the results we're getting because this, this business definitely built around relationships. And if you look at what the internet is, it's not just something you go to entertain yourself and to learn and all that. It's connecting minds. That's really what it is. So the internet allows you to connect with, like right now, you and I could tweet and reach potentially thousands of minds, like with, with our reach currently. Obviously, we could reach millions, but we don't have that amount of attention behind us yet. So to leverage the power of all that, what I did, at least in the beginning, because we all started out at zero. <laughs> I was like a 250-pound kid that didn't really know what he wanted out of life, but I started commenting on pe people's blogs. Victor, Chris from Gilligan Loser, Mike Cernovich, commenting on their blogs. If I saw a way that I could add value, I would add value. If I liked their article, I would say why I liked their article. I started by doing things like that. That put me into their reality. And then I started, like, as I started figuring out who I was and what I could offer, I started offering to do free graphic design. Like, I'd be like, oh, I saw that you had this, this quote. I really liked it. So I put together a quote that they could put on Instagram or they could put on their blog or I would help with typos or I would help with this. And I would just find little bitty holes that I could fill. And I've got a, a guy that he's kind of like a, a mentee of mine, for lack of better words. But 
And that was the biggest thing that I've been trying to teach him is like find ways, not only for me, but for other people that you can help us because we're so like tunnel vision on what we're doing that maybe we don't see what's going on right there. But with your outside perspective, maybe you'll notice that. Make it real because that's something that we talk about in the war room. Make it real. Whatever you're talking about, make it real. So basically just make it a reality. Like we're doing with this podcast. I've been procrastinating. We finally are like, because I want to see you make fun of me so badly. (laughs) You're like, okay, you've got to get on a podcast. I was like, let's do it. Let's make it real. Here we are. Find a way that you can add value to that person, no matter who they are. Don't get starstruck as well. Just look at, because we're all equal. You and I are human beings. We just happen to have, we tell our story and communicate our story. And we have some type of message that we're delivering. Anybody can do that. It's just how honest are you going to be? How much are you going to expose yourself to the world? But find a way that you can offer value to that person. And before you know it, you'll be sitting down having dinner with them. That's how I've gotten with Vladimir, Mike Cernovich, Victor Pride, Andrew Tate, Tristan Tate. And I could go on and on, but I've written this. It didn't really fully hit me until last year when I was managing a seminar for Mike Cernovich. I was like, so crazy. Like I was literally just this kid in his car working in a car dealership, listening to this guy's podcast, reading his articles, trying to figure out what I wanted out of life. And now I'm managing Mike Cernovich's seminar and I'm going to dinner later with Ed Lattimore and Alexander Cortez, which I was already friends with them by this point. But just the idea of that blew my mind. And then like six months later, five months later, I was managing another seminar because that's kind of what I do behind the scenes is like I manage seminars, orchestrate events and all that more specifically for the war room as of this point. But I was helping Ralph and I can't pronounce his name. Ralph from from Twitter. Napolitano. Yes, that awesome guy. But I was managing a seminar for him, Cortez and Ed Lattimore. And that really was when it all like came to like a point for me. Like I was like, okay, this is happening. Like every time I go to an event, people, more and more people recognize me. But this time everybody recognized me. They told me about videos that I'd made, articles that I'd made, how it helped them. And I was, I'm on like a first name basis with all these guys. And that was when I finally realized like, oh my God, I, I manifested this. This is crazy. And that's the power of the network. And it doesn't have to be within our Twitter sphere. It could be in any industry, any, any goals that you have in life. It's all about who you know. And this is something that Andrew told me a while back. Governments, business, businesses, all that. It's just a bunch of people sitting around a table talking together. That's really all it is, making bills, making things happen. You're just a group of friends that make things happen. That's really all it is. So if there's a goal that you want to achieve, and it doesn't have to be your inner circle of friends, it can be like I, my friends have like leveled up, like people like yourself and all that because of the internet. Just because we're like minds, we're able to like, be on that same frequency. If there's a goal that you have, if you want to get into a certain career, if there's anything, it's relationships. So find a way to be of value, even if it's something as silly as putting together a little graphic and emailing it to them, even though they could easily have somebody do that. And there's thousands of other people that are probably doing that exact same thing. But you're, if you're genuine, that will show, show through. And that's something I was trying to tell a friend of mine last year. He was like, Dylan, how are you able to connect with people? Like I've been sending all this work to people for free. They don't, they don't respect it. And I was like, well, are you coming from a genuine place? And he was like, well, I want to be able to do business with them. I was like, yeah, but you have, and I can't really communicate this quite yet, but there are people that like, even to this day, I would do things for free. And it just comes from a genuine like state of mind, a genuine energy. 
Because if you think about it, if you build a relationship with, like for example, me and Ed Lattimore have done business together, that started out for me just doing, giving him free stuff and being a friend. And I looked at him as a friend, so I genuinely wanted to help him. And fast forward over a year and a half, now him and I are doing business together. Just be genuine, be a friend, be of service. And that's how you build a network. That's how I've built a network, at least. Just being genuine, actually wanting to help people and understanding that you have to come to a point where you replace that selfishness and realize that every action that you take will have an outcome at some point. So maybe you're doing all this free stuff for people. Maybe you're helping all these people and you're not getting anything now. But at some point, it will come back to you from that person, from the universe, whatever it is. And so I, I, before I ramble on anymore, that's basically how I see networking. Be genuine, offer some type of value, and don't come from a place of selfishness. Understand that you will get rewarded at some point if you're just genuine. <laughs> you know, number one, um, I'll take this time to it's, – it's become something of a joke uh, among my, my friends, but – I'll just remind Mike Cernovich that he's due to come on this podcast and you can consider this my bi-weekly reminder. Um, <laughs> but but uh, now that that's taken care of, uh, you know, the thing you were just talking about, I think that's why I've had the success that I've had in such a relatively short amount of time because um, I genuinely, like, I like you and that's why you're here. And I think you have something to value or of value to offer the people who are listening to this and to me. And I, and I, I say this almost every episode. It's like this podcast is selfish. I want to get a chance to talk to people like you because I want to learn and I want to grow. And I'm, and I'm also infinitely curious and fascinated by the way that the world works and the people who are in it. But the only way that I was able to have this podcast and to have the opportunity to talk to people was to provide them something. Well, what is it? It's a platform for their message to be shared with other people. Why do they want that? Number one, because they want the life that they want and they want to be able to live it how they want it. But number two is that all the people who I've had on here, they all want to share that message with other people because they've used those tools to become who they are and they want to help other people become who they want to be. And so, you know, people know when they come to this podcast that um, I'm probably going to rant and ramble and that I'm going to let my guests do the same thing, but that we're, we're both here, you and I, Dylan, to, to share something of ourselves hopefully that will add value to other people's lives and allow them to become more of who they want to be. And I always tell people lead with the heart. You know, it's like you want a million dollars. Okay, cool. But how are you going to get a million dollars? Are you going to step on people's toes? Are you, are you going to break backs as you're climbing the ladder? Because you might find that you get to the place where you have a million dollars and you don't have anybody to share it with. And then the only thing that's left to you is like, you know, meaningless sex and, and materialism because you've disconnected the part of yourself that actually cares about other people. And then that, that same part is the part that cares about you. And so you become a wow, slave yeah. things that, you know, like, so if you lead with your heart and you say, well, I want a million dollars. Well, why do I want it? Because I want to have a really badass life with my family where we can travel the world and do the things that I've always dreamed of doing. And then I want to be able to provide services to people that enhance their lives, whether I'm going to entertain them or I'm going to educate them or I'm going to give them a place to be where they can figure those things out for themselves. How am I going to be of service? And, you know, when I first started getting into these podcast things, I was, um, I had a chance to have a sit down with Jack Murphy. And he said very much the same thing as you and I just said in his own way. He said, look, lead with giving. Because I asked him how, you know, look, you're obviously a lot more successful in this and I'm just getting my start. How do I 
how do I, you know, level up my abilities in the, in this digital world? I'm not familiar with it. He said, look, man, just leave the giving. You want to have an interview with somebody, go buy their book, go say something nice about their blog, go compliment them on Twitter a couple times. Like it's not, if you just come and you say, Hey man, give me something. People are not really inclined to do that for you, especially if you have yeah. nothing to offer them. But if you say, Hey man, you know, I, I just bought your book and I thought it was really interesting because of this, this, this. And by the way, I really recommend other people pick it up. Do you want to come on the podcast? I've, I've used that a whole bunch of times and it's worked almost every time. And it's, you, I mean, and I even wrote a blog article about this and it might seem a bit Machiavellian, but the difference between the difference between it being manipulative and it being an effective strategy is the heart. You know, I really yeah. want to meet these people because I'm interested in them and I think they're cool and I want to get to know them. So, you know, I do the things that I need to in order for that to happen. And there's no really other way for me to make that happen. So that's what I do. And maybe the last point I'll offer before I, we're, we're kind of closing in on time here. And I oh, know sorry. that, uh, you know, you've got, you've got things to do and I want to be respectful of that. But what I'll just say is, and I'm, a, if, if, if I'm anything, I'm a great example of this. If you decide something, whatever it is you want. I wanted to do this podcast. I have more things and they're on the way and I'm building those things, but I wanted this podcast. I chose to do it. And then I had self-doubt for a second. I made two episodes and it was, it was a different thing. And I was like, man, I don't have the time. I don't have the experience. I don't like, I, this is not it. And then I just decided, all right, I'm going to do interviews or I'm going to do conversations and I want to be genuine. It's not going to be a list of things. I'm not going to be Barbara Walters or, you know, Walter Cronkite or anything. It's nonsense. I want to have real conversations with real people. So I said, I have a podcast. Do you want to come on it? And people started saying yes. And that's all it took. And then I've, you know, I've put in the time and I've put in the effort and this is, you know, this is my 60 something wow. conversation on this podcast in just a few months. And the point is like, if you choose in and there's no other option. I tell people, look, if you commit fully, there's two options. You get what you're going for or you die and you're going to die anyway. So go for it. So here I am and I have this podcast and I have these conversations with people like you because I chose, chose in and, and I doggedly persistent. I mean, I've talked to people two, three, four, five, ten times before I finally get them on the podcast. And I tell them, look, I'm obnoxiously persistent. I'm going to keep coming at you. I'm going to keep coming at you until you either tell me to fuck off or you come on my podcast. Those are the two options. You're going to have to block me or you're going to have to come on my podcast. And, you know, I've yet to be blocked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, by the people I'm trying to get on my podcast, at least. <laughs> so, the point is, man, like, just choose in and go for it. What have you got to lose? You're going to die anyway. You might as well die having tried. And I think, man, look, what you said here today, there's a lot of value. I've heard the value, and I know a lot of people listening to this are going to hear the value. And let's say that there's somebody similar to you. You know, you're a young dude, but you've had all these things that you've made happen in your life. And there's a lot of your peers out there, and my peers, frankly, who they hear you say that and they go, man, that's so cool. I wish I was doing that. What if one of those people was sitting in front of you. You know, let's break the fourth wall. We've had a conversation. Let's give it back to the people for a minute. One of them sitting in front of you and whoever that is in your head, they say, Dylan, look, man, that's awesome. I hear you talking about these things that you manifested in your life. I hear you talking about how you used to be obese and depressed and now you're not obese and you're working on becoming not just fit, but you know, 
very fit and you've made all these connections. You've made all these business connections. You're traveling the world. I really want that for me. I mean, maybe not your dream, but I want my dream. What would you, what would you tell them? What are the one or two things you might tell them that would give them the best chance at having a good start at doing that? Well, something that, and I'll paraphrase what Ed, Ed Lattimore told me a while back. He was like, the time's going to pass regardless. So you might as well, even if you're just doing something really small, you might as well just go ahead and start making it happen. So I would tell that person, this year is going to blow by like this. Like we're almost through with this year. Time's going to pass regardless. No matter where you're trying to go, just pick one simple thing that you can do like an hour a day, two hours a day, and just do that every single day. And what you'll do is you start building up momentum. And as you build up momentum, then you're able to start doing all this other stuff. If I was, if I was trying to do everything that I'm doing right now, a year ago or two years ago, I would burn out like that. <laughs> but now I'm able to go all day, every day. Like I still sleep like six to seven hours a night, but I'm able to just go, 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 do this, do this, do this, and still be highly effective because since 2014, I've started writing blog articles. I wanted this, but I was like, all I can do right now is this. I'll start writing blog articles, started acquiring skills. As I started acquiring skills, I started acquiring relationships and that started growing. And then over time, I got to where I am now. So if you do want to change your life, if you do want to be fit, if you do want to make money, if you do want to do anything big with your life, it starts with a single decision. And that decision is what can I do today that's going to improve my life in some shape or form? And that's repeated thousands of times every single day by everybody. But what's one thing, one decision that you can do right now and make right now that's going to get you one step closer to being fit, to making money, to doing anything like that? That's all I've done on a day-to-day -day basis over the last four to five years is I wake up, I'm like, what is one thing that I can do today that will get me closer? Whether that's doing an awesome podcast with you like this, whether that's working on a video course, whether that's sending an email, whether that's literally doing 10 push-ups. What is one thing that I can do today that'll make my life better? And that's what, I guess that's my frame of thought throughout the day is what can I do right now? What's the decision I can make right now that's going to get me closer to whatever this, this outcome is that I'm going towards. And as you start going through that, no matter how lost you are, no matter how much clarity you don't have, the only way you're going to gain clarity is by taking action and moving forward. Like, for me, whenever I wanted to write a book, I wanted to make, I wanted to be able to sell a book. I wanted to be able to make a book, but I didn't know how. And so for literally a year or two, even though people were asking me for a book, I didn't do it because I didn't know how to make a book. I didn't know how to upload it, do all that stuff. So what I did is I just sat down one time. I was like, you know what? Screw this. I'm going to write a book. I wrote the entire book within a weekend because I made a decision. It was like, I don't know, 65 pages. It was actually over a hundred. I edited it down to like 65, 65 pages in a weekend. And it just flowed out of me. So what I did is I wrote, I sat down. That's why I talk about get, creating your script in my book, Thing Go Hustle, which you can download two free chapters that has the script for free. But uh, I sat down, I wrote the book. I sent it off to an editor. He edited the book while he was editing it. I hired somebody to do the cover for the book. While that was being done, I figured out, okay, let me write an article talking about my book. Did that, got both of those, put it together. And within a week, I had my first book. That, that's literally all. It, it was one decision, one decision, one decision, one decision, finished product. 
And you can apply that to everything in life from getting in shape, getting better with relationships, whatever it is, just it starts with that decision. So before I ramble on, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> That's good, man. That's a beautiful message. And I agree. Like, you know, I, I co-wrote a book and I wrote a book at the beginning of this year and I committed to doing it in like two, two months or, or two and a half months or something. And I think I had to take an extra two weeks to get it done. And the way that I did that was I wrote until I fell asleep at the keyboard every night. And then I woke up after two, three, four hours of sleep and I wrote for two, three hours before I went to work. That's I did awesome. that every damn day until it was done. And was it easy? No. Was it good for my health? Not really, but I committed to it and I got it done. And will I do it that way again? Probably because I'm a knucklehead when it comes to getting obsessed over stuff. But you know, <laughs> like, just like you, you, you know, and I had all this build up inside of me and that's maybe that'll be my final point is sometimes it's best to hold on for a minute be thoughtful and, and wait for that signal that says, pull the trigger, you know, like ah, I need to do it now because sometimes, and especially with those projects that are born of passion, you need to have that roiling tempest inside of you so that when you finally pull the trigger, you unleash it. And you just, it's so important to you. And there's so much momentum and there's so much that you just can't do anything but do that. That's not your day-to-day -day life. That's not your schedule. That's not your routine. That's not your discipline. But there are things sometimes that just call out to be made into reality by you. And when that thing happens, just just dive into that thing and make it happen because the whole world starts to change. Just like I'm yes. sure you've seen with your book, I've seen with my book. People, and I, I'm not a I'm not a very avid marketer, but I'm starting to get these people coming back, and they say, "Hey, man." I read your book and I read it just because I like you and I bought it, but now I'm reading it again because I, I kind of had my mind blown and now I see the potential and I really want to like pick a couple of these things yeah. and start doing them. And I love that because it's like, I know, man, the tools in that book, those are the tools I use to move out away from being a drug addicted, suicidal destroyer into the man I'm proud to be today. And I'm continuing to climb like that, you know, like that's, that's, yeah. that's how I know this book is worth value because I use these tools to emerge out of the pit and start climbing the mountain, dude. So I'm, it makes me happy when people see the potential within themselves from some little thing that I put into their lives. And I'm sure that you've seen that time and again, and that's, that kind of ties everything we've talked about together. It's like, look, you know, if you lead with the heart, then the heart comes back to you. If you lead with selfishness and if you lead with envy and if you lead with greed, well, what do you think you're like, what do you think is going to come back at you? You think <laughs> benevolence and kindness are going to come to you and you treat people like shit. That's just not the way it works. That's another one of those rules. So look, man, before I get too carried away, uh, I just want to take the time to thank you for giving me some of your time. I know you're a busy dude and you got a lot of things going on and I appreciate you sharing some of it with me and with the audience. Um, and I'd like to, give you the floor for a second so you can talk about anything you'd like people to know, tell them where they can find you on social media, tell them where they can find your book. Um, and if you want to shout out to anybody or anything like that, this would be a perfect time to do that. Okay. Well, once again, I do, I appreciate this podcast for sure. Uh, so where you can find me is Twitter is the best place at real Dylan Madden. I've got a blog, commoncollected.com. Uh, if, if you're more into video content, you can just go to YouTube, type in Dylan Madden. And as far as like, book I've, I've got my book thing go hustle It's basically over the last like five or so years i consolidated all of that into 65 pages so it's no filler 
and I share like my actual here's so before each chapter I'll be like here's why I think this way based off these experiences and then you build your character through five levels in the book so it's essentially a video game in book form you can get it on Amazon I prefer the PDF version but I just prefer PDFs so you can get it on Amazon you can get it on Gumroad it's just called Think and Go Hustle or if you're somebody that's wanting to be able to make money but you're not really sure like where to get started I, I'm more of the offline type of guy. I, I can teach you how to make money flipping things on Craigslist. And I, I've actually got a, a bundle going right now where you get my book and the course. You save like 28 bucks, but you can get, it's called the mind, I think mind and money bundle or something like that. Mind plus you get the money. You can get that first as far as shout outs, shout out to Ed Lattimore, Victor Pride, Cernovich, and Andrew Tate. <laughs> yeah, shout out to all those guys. Yeah, they're awesome. Here's Dylan sitting, sitting in front of me and living the life <laughs> of his dreams. So look, man, once again, I just want to take the time to thank you and um, I'll let you get back to your plans. I know this was kind of an unexpected and uh, thing, but I, I guess I owe you an impression video now. And uh, yes, I suppose, <laughs> I suppose if you're good, I'm good, man. Awesome. Yeah. And we can do this again for sure. That way, if you want to have a, we can have even more time or whatever, but I do appreciate you just like, you're like, bam, let's get it. You sent me the link. Now we're here. And for all the people that are viewing this, thank you. My DMs are always open. If you have any questions or anything you want to talk about, just like him and I have both come from some kind of dark places to get to the point that we're at now. So obviously if you have any questions, if you're dealing with anything, self-doubt, suicidal thoughts, anything like that, my DMs are always open. And on that note, that very uh, kind and gracious note, this has been the Logo Centrifugal Podcast. I've been Chance Lunsford. He's been Dylan Madden. And we're both out. We here at the Logo Centrifugal Podcast work hard to bring you the highest quality audio, the best editing, and the most professionalism of any podcast on the market. Either that or we do the exact opposite. Either way, consider supporting the podcast. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can support the podcast by supporting the podcast. There's a link somewhere, and I encourage you to click the link to support the podcast professionally. <laughs>